cheese and chowder. What's going on, everybody? We're back with another episode here. Cheese and Chowder, the RML podcast, coming at you with episode number six. Starting the weekly episodes, the season's kicked off, and here we go. So I am, of course, one of your hosts, Cody, a.k.a. Cheese, and with me as always, Bradley, a.k.a. Chowder. What's up, Brad? Not much, just, uh, you know, excited to talk about the week that we just had in RML. It's a very exciting week, very quick advances, and, you know, we got a lot of stuff to talk about tonight. Yeah, absolutely. It has been super exciting. First week is in just about in the books. Um, like you said, we've had a ton of games played. I'd say well over 95% have played their games and at a, a rapid pace. So, yeah, super exciting to see that. A lot of uh, energy in the chat, a lot of uh, good memes out there. Definitely love seeing those. Uh, it's been, yeah, really, really awesome. So, all right, so setting up this podcast today or this episode, um, basically what we're trying to do is um, just have like a weekly recap every week um, where we talk about uh, notable things that happened during the week, uh, Game, notable games, game of the week, um, players of the week, you know, the different stories uh, throughout the season and um, things like that, notable trades and, and whatnot. So it's going to be kind of a, just a weekly show about RML in general. Um, yeah, so let's dive right in. Um, first segment, we're going to kick it off with the games of the week. Game of the week. All right. So, week one, we have a couple games, a couple notable games. Um, we'll kick it off with a very interesting game, a very exciting game that we saw early on. Uh, two panel members. We got my co host here, uh, Chowder a.k.a. Brad, a.k.a. the Detroit Lions, taking on the commish, the Arizona Cardinals, Mr. Andy Akers. Brad, walk us through that game that you played. Well, it was a hell of an introduction to Madden 20 for RML, to say the least. Um, so I'm going to kind of walk you guys through it, kind of like a recap of like a real NFL week. Uh, just bear with me a little bit and uh, try to make it as fun as to listen for you guys as possible. So uh, the Lions came back from a 14-7 to deficit at halftime in a back-and-forth affair. And there was a big controversial moment in the game that we all heard about. It was zero seconds on the clock. It was a three-point game. Big Ben tosses a Hail Mary 60 yards down the field, and the refs throw that yellow flag. The Cardinals get the ball on the one-yard line, and you know, the Cardinals had a decision here. They could go for the win here. Uh, very risky. They played the safe, you know, move, kick the field goal, tie the game, go to overtime. Cardinals get the ball in overtime, drive down the field, very uh, methodical drive. They get into the red zone, and then Big Ben throws an interception on the one-yard line. And then 
Lions took over two minutes left in overtime, and Melvin Gordon broke through for a 45-yard touchdown to seal the victory 37-31 to in a hell of a game. Yeah, definitely. Um, really exciting back-and-forth battle between two great panel members and uh, just two great RML members. Yeah, I mean, that just by hearing you describe that game, it seems like it was just insane, uh, especially the last few minutes and in overtime. Uh, yeah, one thing you brought up, Andy not choosing not to go for it, even though he had kind of a, a free play with zero, zero, n- no time on the clock, uh, similar to that uh, Aaron Rodgers Hail, uh, Hail Mary uh, with no time on the clock against the Lions. Um, yeah, so he decides to, to tie it up, take his chances in overtime, and it almost worked. I mean, he literally had, um, you know, a huge opportunity. He got the ball first. He drove down the field. He marched down the field, but he couldn't seal the deal. And then, of course, Melvin Gordon, being the beast that he is this year, uh, takes to the house and wins the game. So, yeah, very exciting start week one. Um, yeah, any other thoughts on that game? I think it's a, it's easy to criticize, obviously, that decision. But I think, like, even when I was playing against him, I think that was the right decision, right? You get the points. You, it's a guarantee, pretty much a guaranteed field goal right there. You know, tie the game, go to overtime. And he gets the ball in overtime. And he just didn't execute in the red zone there, right? Even if he just runs it, kicks a field goal, like gets the lead, forces me to have to, you know, drive down the field and at least kick a field goal to at least tie the game. Um, so it's hard to criticize that decision. And I think Andy definitely made the right decision there as the coach on the sideline. And uh, just a couple other notes from that game. Big Ben, 400, 432 yards in the 31 out of 42 pass attempts with four touchdowns. I had no answer to him. And I think uh, Andy showed that his pass game is a little bit more legit this year than in the past. Yeah, I don't think um, – I don't know if I would have made the same decision um, – I think overall, I, 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 I do think I would have made the same decision as what I'm trying to say. Uh, I feel like when it comes to my decision-making, I played on the safe side most of the time. Um, you know, I feel like that, that wins you games a lot, just, you know, moving to the next section, uh, getting to overtime and trying to win it that way. It was a good call. Yeah, like you said, uh, Andy's new passing game might be something of note coming uh, this season. So, uh, keep that in mind for uh, those of you who have them on the schedule. All right. Um, so, yeah, next game that week, uh, we had another uh, barn burner. Uh, this one between the Tennessee Titans and the Cleveland Browns. Uh, Mr. Tenderloin and Frankie going at it. Week one. Uh, let's talk about that one. Let's give a little recap here, Brad. Yeah, so uh, it was a hell of a game, and – I was kind of surprised to see the result when I was, I was watching this game live. But basically, the Browns came away disappointed in this matchup, blowing a 28-10 to 10 lead at halftime. That's pretty hard to do in Madden. The turning point in the game came when the Titans forced a fumble on their own one, returning it for a 99-yard touchdown, leading the way to a 22-point fourth quarter for Tennessee. The Titans sealed the deal with a 55-yard touchdown pass to Odell Beckham Jr. 40 seconds left in the game to win the game 39-35. to 35. Yeah, exciting game. Um, huge comeback win for Tandy and the Titans. Um, yeah, I mean, that's clutch right there. I mean, making a stop, forcing the fumble, taking it back to the house. I mean, that, it doesn't get much better than that. So 
tough loss for Frankie week one. Uh, hopefully he can b- continue to bounce back. Um, let's go over uh, any notable stats here. We got uh, looks like quarterback for Cleveland had a good game. He had 314 yards passing and four touchdowns without an interception. And uh, Tendy also forced three fumbles and recovered all three of them. So, um, yeah, pretty exciting week one for in for all purposes, uh, especially for the Fabo brothers, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I mean, I know. Uh, don't don't worry, I'm not biased. You know, getting that those two games in because me and Tendy. But I think when you look at the the schedule, I think those were definitely the two best games you can say that happened that week. And uh, you know, start out arm out with a bang in week one. Yeah, and guys, keep in mind, we're not going to always, you know, have every single great game. There's obviously a ton of good games this season and probably for the next coming seasons, there's going to be, you know, a lot of games every week. We can't cover all of them for the purpose of time and, you know, boredom. Uh, So overall, we're going to choose just some notable ones here and there. We're not always going to, you know, side with our own games or panels games or anything like that. We're going to try to mix it up. Uh, and just talk about the ones that kind of piqued our interest and uh, caught our attention. So moving on, let's go to week two, some of the games here. Um, First game that pops to mind, uh, a huge upset. So let's talk about this one. We have the Seattle Seahawks and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Brad, what happened? So I think you could probably say this. I mean, this is obviously the biggest upset at Madden 20 thus far, and I think this might stand as the biggest upset that will happen all year in Armel. But we will see. But Bruce showed that he came to play this Madden, and you know he heard us talking about him in the preseason podcast, saying that he's you know not always showing up in the big games when he has to, but he showed up here. The score is ten seven in the second quarter. Very back and forth game. Scores you know leads were changing back and forth. There was one play where I was watching. I was watching a film. Unfortunately, I did not get to watch this game live, which I was very upset about when I saw the result. Tillman completed a pass from like 40, yard, 40, yards, 40 yards away from the end zone, and the guy was like walking into the end zone at a two-yard line, and out of nowhere, here comes the safety. Brutal hit stick, forces a fumble, and then Bruce turns around, throws this ball in the triple coverage to the tight end Josh Oliver and he catches it while drawing a pass interference, and he breaks a tackle to take it to the end zone for a touchdown to take the 14-10 lead before half. And that right there is the biggest turning point, I think, that led to this upset. And then they would keep swapping leads in the second half, and with about two minutes left in the game, it was 20-19 to Steelers, and Bruce would force a fumble in his own red zone, but then throw an interception right after it, giving Tillman a chance to win the game again. But Tillman would have to settle for a field goal to make it 22-20 with a minute and a half left in the game. And Bruce goes down the field in two-minute drill. Nice catch and double coverage gets Bruce in the field goal range on 30 seconds left. And Brandon McManus nailed the iced kick to seal the victory for the Pittsburgh Steelers, leading him to a 2-0 record to start the year and the biggest upset of the year. Yeah, definitely. 23 to 22 was the final there. A big upset. Uh, Tillman uh, with Bruce beating him. Uh, Lamar Jackson had a great game, uh, 285 yards, ran the ball for two touchdowns. Um, yeah, that's a, a huge blow to Tillman early on. Um, 
and you know he's he has a tough schedule coming up and um a huge win for bruce i mean congrats bruce that's you know a huge game huge win uh way to come in clutch and uh seal the deal so very exciting uh to see a lot of these upsets and we've talked about this a lot already on the podcast but i feel like we're going to see a lot more of these upsets because we just don't know how good everyone is with this game everyone is kind of almost on a fresh start obviously some people with their skill levels are above others but um there's definitely uh a few players who are kind of unknowns and might end up being a lot better than we initially thought so yeah bruce probably going to be jumping up the uh power rankings and things like that so congrats there um let's move on to the other game for week two that we thought was notable uh the San Francisco 49ers taking on the Cincinnati Bengals in Cincinnati, a little bit of a rematch of from a couple Super Bowls, I believe in the eighties or nineties, I think it was the eighties. Um, but that's not the point. This is a different universe, a uh, different timeline anyway. Um, so yeah, let's talk about this game, Brad, go ahead and uh, give us the spiel for this one. I think uh, this game might've been the best, offensive game we've seen so far this season in our RML. It was a very fun game to watch and uh, Shane really showed that he kind of has it figured out this year or maybe just Ezekiel Elliott is overpowered but nonetheless I think we can consider this an upset in week two. The score was 31-24 to San Francisco, San Francisco at halftime which I think is probably the final score for at least half the game so far so pretty high scoring first half to begin with but the Bengals came back in the third quarter to take the lead 34-24, to but a 20-point fourth quarter put up by San Francisco, San Francisco much like we saw Tendy do in week one, uh, was too much to overcome for the Cincinnati Bengals, but the star of the show was Ezekiel Elliott rushing for 210 yards over 19 rushes with five touchdowns, which did result in him getting suspended, so don't do that, guys, and uh, just a hell of a game from Shane and uh, not a great start for Han. Yeah, definitely. Um, a very, very good offensive game, like you said. I mean, 92 points uh, in in a RML game, in a Madden simulation game. We're talking seven-minute quarters uh, with clock running, you know, on uh, every play. So just – Absolutely crazy how you can get that much scoring in such a little amount of time. I mean, that's less than half of the time that you would get in a regular NFL game and probably twice as many points as an average game. So pretty crazy. Um, like you said, Zeke with a just monster performance, averaging over 20 yards per carry. I mean, how? How is that even possible? I mean, basically, he's breaking, you know, probably breaking huge runs. I would imagine he had a few uh, that were uh, in the uh, more than 20-yard range. I'd say, uh, realistically, he'd probably have to have at least a good handful there. And five touchdowns uh, being, you know, controversial, of course, but, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll save that for uh, another day. Yeah, crazy game. Um, Antoine Harmon had a solid day. He did throw five picks, though, um, so that was kind of the key as well, probably – setting up um, Shane and the Niners to have a lot of short field, I would assume. So uh, very, 
high scoring game. Um, we haven't seen a ton of those so far. So that one kind of stands out. Uh, another interesting game from week two, they'll kind of just briefly mention uh, another upset, the Cardinals versus the Ravens going in. Uh, I don't think anyone gave Andy really much of a chance. He stuck with them. Uh, and I believe he took the lead late in the game uh, and winning and hanging on to win 27 to 26. Uh, that's Andy upsetting beast mode uh, in week two. So a couple, a few early, early upsets early on. So and Andy playing out of his mind the first two weeks. So we'll see if that kind of continues. Moving on to week three. Um, we only have uh, one notable game to mention a week three. Uh, there were some others here and there, but um, we're kind of going to save those maybe for next week. Um, so here we go with the week three game, the Atlanta Falcons versus the Indianapolis Colts, Charlie hustle taking on Doughboy. again, this one similar to the Andy game, Andy and beast mode. I feel like a lot of people had Doe as the favorite rightfully. So, um, you know, in Madden 19, he was very good. He was a perennial playoff contender. He was a perennial uh, deep playoff run contender. So for, you know, Charlie Hustle to come in and um, face Doe, I mean, I don't think many people gave him a chance. But uh, let's take a look at what happened. Brad, give us the details. So I think uh, Charlie Hustle, I, I know we're going to get into this a little bit later in this episode, but definitely one of the most surprising teams so far in Madden 20. But I think uh, this might have been – I could say that this is up there with the Tillman upset that Bruce just pulled off. But I didn't really see too much reaction in the chat when I saw the score. Unfortunately, I did not get to watch this game live, but I went back and watched the film. And the thing that really stood out to me was it wasn't like the Falcons, you know, barely beat the Colts. He beat Doe 20-7, to and he shut out the Colts until the fourth quarter. The game was never really close with the Falcons taking a 17 nothing lead into the fourth quarter and Doe could get nothing going through the air or on the ground and took six sacks and threw two interceptions. And the Falcons didn't really have much of a passing game either. I think he had less than 100 yards. But with Deion Lewis on the ground, four, 140 yards over 13 carries, but perhaps the defense is the name of the game here. Uh, for the Falcons, a pick six by Patrick Peterson. And perhaps we have found a contender in the NFC South to challenge BLD here. Yeah, it's possible. Um, yeah, and we'll get into this later. Like you said, the uh, NFC South is very interesting uh, as of right now today. Um, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, yeah, like you, uh, Doe has Kyler Murray, um, which brings up interesting points. I don't know how well these running quarterbacks are going to be uh, playing uh, in this league um, for me from what I've seen so far just in my games and other games that I've played and other games that I've watched I feel like quarterback play uh, is definitely relying more on uh, player skill than user decision making and user skill um, so when it comes to having a young uh, quarterback who may not have the best throwing accuracy may not have some of those attributes that you would want, you know, in a, in some, a guy like uh, Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady or Drew Brees, you know, having really high passing rating numbers. Um, he might not fare as well as 
these guys expected. You know, Kyler Murray was, I'm pretty sure he was a first round pick and in, in the fantasy draft. So yeah, maybe, maybe it's not working out, you know, the way he wants him to so far. So we'll have to see if he changes his game plan up a little bit. Um, you know, he definitely ran with him a decent amount. Um, looking right now, it looks like uh, he had 86 yards rushing and a touchdown in that game on five carries. So, um, you know, he broke some big runs, but passing wise, like you said, uh, he only had 110 passing yards, um, you know, less than 50% com- uh, passing completion percentage. So, you know, accuracy being a big thing this year might come into play. Plus he got sacked six times as well. So um, yeah, it looks like Charlie also is here at play. So definitely a, a big upset there. All right. Any thoughts on any of the games of the week or um, yeah, any other notes that you think of? I think uh, just from reading those results and everything that we've had a hell of a, you know, a lot of close games so far in RML. Like, when you're just going through the box scores and stuff, you just see a lot of one-possession games, and I think that's great for the league, right? Not too many blowouts. Obviously, they don't be blowouts because, you know, some guys are on a different level than others. But I think this is great for the league. I do like that there's been more upsets so far this year, and I, um, maybe it has to do with the adjustment to the new Madden, and maybe the top dogs will eventually come out on top anyways. But so far, I think uh, some of the lower-tier players are kind of surprising so far, and I think it's good for the health of the league. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. It, uh, we'll get, again, we'll talk about more about just general stories and things uh, to come later in the episode. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of excitement, a lot of things happening. And it, it feels like that saying any given Sunday is a reality. So, um, you know, if you're listening and you don't think you're that good, uh, well, number one, get good. And uh, number two, uh, it's a different game. It's a different league. So feels like anyone might have a chance. All right. That's going to do it for our game of the week or games of the week segment. So that's a, uh, a first for us. So hopefully you guys like that and we'll keep it in there. If not, definitely let us know and we'll throw it in the shitter. All right. Moving on. Um, so continuing on with some of these games, we'll also look at uh, some highlights or not highlights, but we will highlight some players um, that performed really well. So we're going to do a little players of the week, um, just kind of highlighting different players, kind of uh, how they played and what their numbers were and kind of where they're going from here. So starting off week one, uh, obviously uh, BLD and the Saints, had a blowout win. I believe it was 59 to nothing. Um, and in that game, Omar Payne, the keeper running back, we've all been talking about, had 15 carries, 150 yards, uh, three rushing touchdowns, also had two big catches for 71 yards. He was named the NFC Offensive Player of the Week. And, of course, sticking with that game, BLD also had a Defensive Player of the Week in that middle linebacker, the rookie, Devin Bush, four interceptions, three touchdowns. Unbelievable. So uh, I believe he had a fumble recovery for a touchdown and also two pick sixes. Uh, Any thoughts on 
BLD and his two offensive player of the week or two players of the week in week one. I don't think you can ask for a better start awards wise uh, week one. Obviously, you know, 59 nothing. There's going to be, you know, some crazy stat lines, but, you know, for a reason. And uh, Omar Payne, I think we're going to talk about a little bit more in week three players of the week. But he's just ridiculous. And I think right now he's shown that he might be the best keeper so far that was kept. And Devin Bush also, the his speed and BLD's user capabilities is not a good combination for us. Good combination for him, but not for the rest of the league. Yep. 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 Yeah. It's uh it's a nightmare. It's definitely not something you can really game plan for. I mean, the guy is all over the field and uh clearly it shows in his numbers too. Uh yeah, four interceptions, three touchdowns. I'm not sure that's ever been done in real life. Uh so I'm sure it's been done a few times in Madden, probably a few times by BLD himself. But moving on, uh, the AFC Offensive Player of the Week was Olin Howry, the running back for the Jets. He had 156 rushing yards and three touchdowns. And the Defensive Player of the Week for the Dolphins was Fletcher Cox, four sacks, a forced fumble. Uh, so Brucey, or no, sorry, Bundy and uh motherload getting the players of the week in week one for the afc moving on to week two players of the week we have of course zeke elliott shane's running back we talked about that game 210 rushing yards five touchdowns 60 yards receiving obviously just a beast game uh one of the best you know overall performances of the year so far on offense and uh, obviously we know that cost him a couple game suspension, but you know, neither here nor there. He won the game. Might've been worth it. Uh, he definitely got some, uh, rewards there for that offensive player of the week. And on the defensive side, also Shane. So might be seeing a little bit of a, uh, a trend here. Um, the San Francisco 49ers cornerback, Richard Sherman, three interceptions. So interesting to see Richard Sherman, who is a little bit on the older side for young corners. Uh, any thoughts on Shane and the Niners? Uh, I think those two names right there kind of stand out and shows to me that, you know, X-Factors matter. Zeke is an X-Factor. Richard Sherman's an X-Factor, albeit he is old. But I, I know – I think I remember uh, Han complaining – not complaining, but just observing that Sherman is, you know, ridiculous on the defensive side of the ball with his X factor and obviously three interceptions show that there's something to it. And I think Shane, you know, he's got some good pieces here to really make a run this year. Yeah. This is something we've talked about in general uh, in chat and you and me have talked about it and others, but the, the secondary definitely uh, is a big factor this year. You will definitely see a lot more um, interceptions from non-user players, computer-controlled players, uh, you know, they'll actually, it seems, at least so far, from what I've seen and everything else, that the players actually, you know, that are good actually play well. And, you know, uh, players that aren't so good are late to react or, you know, not in the right spot at the right time, things like that, which, again, you know, it's very realistic and it feels like simulation football on defense. Um, obviously, th there may be some arguments that, some players are OP or um, the secondary is not OP and the linebackers are nerfed, but that's all video game talk. We're trying to keep this 
football related. All right. So AFC players of the week, uh, another two, two players on the same team for the offense and defense and both from the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, that is Doughboy's team. His keeper running back, offensive player of the week, Stuart Paul, 143 rushing yards, two rushing touchdowns, and also caught a receiving touchdown. And on the defensive side, Zedrick Woods, I think that is uh, also his keeper, if I'm not mistaken. No, and it's, it's not. Uh, it's his, like, 63 overall. Oh, uh, yeah. 92 speed. <laughs> okay, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's why I've never heard the name. It's uh, a bench player. But uh some reason, he got two interceptions and took one to the house for a touchdown. So, uh, yeah, way to go, kid. Make a name for yourself. Zedrick Woods. Pretty solid name. All right, moving on to week three. Offensive and defensive players of the week in the NFC. Familiar face for week three. Offensive player of the week. Once again, Omar Payne. feel like we're going to be seeing that name quite a bit. 139 rushing yards, four rushing touchdowns. And on the defensive side, a name that I haven't seen in a while, uh, Brandon Marshall, the, the linebacker, not the receiver. Five tackles, three interceptions, one touchdown. Very interesting to see, uh, see a, a couple older defensive players, like we mentioned, Richard Sherman, now this week three, Brandon Marshall. Um, yeah, I mean, any thoughts there? I think, uh, well, first of all, Omar, Omar Payne, uh, we talked about this before we went live. That Omar Payne probably would have gotten Week Two Player of the Week uh, if that game did not disconnect in the last couple seconds of that game. So you know Payne could have very well have swept all three offensive you know awards so far. Uh, but putting that aside, I think uh, Brandon Marshall the three interceptions. I think that kind of shows that uh, Dog is probably a very good user. I haven't really watched too many of his games, honestly. And I'm hoping to try and catch some of his games this upcoming week. But I think, uh, like you said, Brandon Marshall, a little on the older side, but showed that, you know, overall does matter. And uh, three interceptions, one pick six, I'm assuming, as a touchdown. <laughs> so, you know, leading that Panthers to a undefeated start so far, which we're going to talk about in a little bit right here. But just uh, some impressive performances right there. Yeah, that's uh, definitely hit the nail on the head. Um, one of the interesting things about this, I feel like, Hopefully what we want this podcast to be doing is bringing these players and these users and these teams to light so that hopefully we do get more people watching streams and, you know, tuning into these players games and seeing what, you know, what all the fuss is about. So, yeah, I mean, as much as we're about to, and as much as we've talked about guys like Dogfather and Charlie Hustle and um, other guys who are kind of um, having really good starts of the year, maybe, people will start to notice them and uh, take them seriously and maybe um, start tuning into their games. Um, okay. And the AFC side, uh, first time seeing uh, Danny and the Oakland Raiders. He is wide receiver DK Metcalf, first round pick uh, named offensive player of the week, five catches, 244 yards, three touchdowns. So uh, we'll talk about that in a second uh, on defense. Um, Safety Tyron Tyron or Tyron Tyron Matthew, uh, six tackles, two picks, one touchdown. I think uh, DK Metcalf, though, being a uh, first round pick, very uh, controversial 
from Danny, but he's showing early that he's a huge weapon for him, right? Yeah, definitely. I think uh, Danny maybe uh, heard us heard me talking shit about his team last podcast, uh, saying that he won't be able to get away with his uh, you know bad overalls and just not a great team to begin with. But only five receptions, two hundred forty-four yards. I don't even know what the average is there, but it's probably something ridiculous. Um, I'm assuming those are all probably like deep bombs. The Danny special, and uh, it's kind of scary. You know, if Danny could put it all together right there, DK Metcalf leading the way. If he could just, you know, get 244 yards with only five receptions and three touchdowns. Um, so it's very impressive performance there. And let's not, you know, not talk about Tyron Matthew uh, leading the way for Bundy's squad, the Jets right there. Six tackles, two interceptions, one touchdown, like you said. Not a overzealous performance, but enough to get player of the week, according to Madden. And, uh, you know, some a nice secondary piece right there for the Jets to build off of. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll talk about Bunny in just a second. But going back to uh, Metcalf, I believe, um, first of all, yeah, it's almost 50 yards per catch. Um, so that's crazy, yeah. And also, yeah, obviously there's a lot of deep bombs. I feel like the deep bomb in this game, the deep throws, uh, are kind of iffy. I feel like they're, they work for some people and they don't work for others. I feel like the quarterback plays a lot into it more than it used to. Uh, I do like the changes they made where it does take a longer time for the quarterback to wind up and throw a deep ball. I think that's very much more realistic and it looks really cool in the game. And, um, but yeah, I feel like with a guy that that speed and that acceleration, his breakaway speed on those deep balls is really good. And I've played it myself with guys that have really good breakaway speed like that. And you can really just lead them, 20 30 yards downfield and they will they'll break and and they'll beat their guy and make the catch so it seems like the deep ball is still an option for danny and the raiders so bad news for the league good news for the raiders but yeah going back to to bundy uh two uh players of the week he had in the first three weeks um in week one he had Owen Howry and on offense and week three, he had Tyron Matthews. So um, Bundy's come into play. Maybe uh, he can continue uh, to have some really solid performances from these guys. Hopefully some of them are, you know, his own of his own doing from using them and things like that. So, all right, that's, that'll do it for players of the week. Let's move on. We're already starting to get uh, running a little long on this podcast. Sorry if this one goes longer than expected, we are still experimenting with how much we want to get, how much info we want to do. So bear with us. We're going to nail it down, but we do again, appreciate all the support you guys have given us uh, the last few weeks since doing this. It's been really fun. Um, Okay. Um, Let's talk about stories and storylines so far this year. Um, Let's let's do like a little bit of uh, a lightning round type thing that you see on those sports shows. So we'll just talk for a little bit about each of these things. Um, all right, uh, the first one you mentioned it earlier, but the NFC South having now three teams as of this podcast, uh, they have three teams that are four and zero in the NFC South. What do you think of the Saints, the Panthers, the Falcons all being four and zero? I think uh, the one thing that comes to my mind is if you go back and listen to our preseason podcasts about like our predictions for each division and stuff, 
how many times did we probably say that NFC South is weak and that BLD probably have no competition? I think that might be the most wrong thing that we might ever say on this podcast because they're showing that they're to play. Obviously, BLD expected to be undefeated, but the Panthers and the Falcons, and it's not like they're doing this against bad competition either, right? Panthers beat the Rams week one, beat Andy week three. It's not, not you know, not a uh, cupcake like it used to be. Uh, just, you know, all of them top to bottom, right? They got the good teams. They Like the Falcons and the Panthers have the formula to compete in a division and maybe even compete with BLD head-to-head. We don't. We haven't seen those games yet. I'm really excited when they do happen. Um, but I think uh, Panthers and Falcons, Charlie Hustle and, and Dogfather, uh, are really showing that you know people should be talking about us, right? And we don't suck. We're good, and we're here to you know compete this Madden, maybe even win this division. Yeah. Okay. Here's a question for you then. Um, so you think they're legit? You think that this isn't a fluke? This is the real deal? I mean, it's their 4 0. Obviously, they've had a lot of games. You know, I mean, 4 is not a huge number of games, but, you know, it's a quarter of a season. That's, you know, you, you go 4 0 in, a, in a, a stretch of time, you know, generally you're going to win some good games. Do you, you don't think they're overperforming? Do you think that this can, is sustainable for all, for at least Carolina and Atlanta? I don't know. Like, I don't think they're going to go like 16 and 0. I think that's ridiculous to expect anybody to go 16 and 0. But I think they're definitely a winning record team, above 500 team, and I think at least one of them makes the playoffs. Obviously, it's going to be hard because there's only going to be two wild card spots left, and some of the other divisions of the NFC are looking pretty tough as well. But the thing that really makes me believe in these two teams is, like I mentioned, is their team structure, right? Is their you know their roster built? The roster is built to win now. And another thing that gives me confidence is the games that they have won. And, like, the one that stands out to me is Charlie Hustle beating Doughboy. Right? Doughboy is no walkover at all. And the fact that he beat him 20-7, to 7, he beat him handily, shows me that he is ready to compete with the big boys right here, right now. Okay. All right. Yeah. I mean, I, I can definitely see it. I, I don't think I'm as on board as you are um, with them just yet. I Like I said, like I've been preaching for a long – for every episode – it's a different game. And uh, I think there's a little bit of a, maybe not a learning curve, but something like that where uh, people are going to start gathering and uh, gathering information and learning about the game as we go. And some, some people will fall and some people will uh, get better and get back to normal. But I do think they, obviously they're very surprising, but I think, you know, one of them just with the start they've had, I feel like, you know, one of them, even if they go 500 the next, uh, the rest of the season, that's six and six. That means that's a 10 and six record for one of them. I mean, that's, that might be good enough to get into the playoffs. So, and I, I, I expect one of them will go better than, or both of them might go better than six and six. Uh, but again, they both still have BLD twice. So that, you know, we have to factor that in uh, and then they have to play each other. Um, okay. So here's the last question regarding these guys. If you had to choose between Dog and uh, Charlie Hustle, who – okay, two-part question. Who is going to um, – who's going to have the better record at the end of this season and who's going to have the better record throughout all of Madden 20? So I think the better record uh, throughout this Madden, I'm leaning towards 
Falcons with Charlie Hustle. Uh, I like the results he's shown thus far through the first four weeks. Obviously, small sample size, like you just discussed. I think throughout Madden, it's tough. It's it's really too early to tell, but I'm kind of leaning dog a little bit just because Falcons roster is a little bit on the older side, like we talked about the last couple podcasts, and he, he meant to win now. But maybe he can stockpile that record up now, win all the games he can. And just on well, – last thing about these guys – is one thing I was just looking at right here, and I'm sure we'll talk about in next week's podcast as a preview. Um, Charlie Hustle's schedule, week 8 through 11. He starts week 8 against Tillman and the Seahawks. Week 9 is a bye. Week 10 against BLD, and week 11 against the undefeated Panthers and Dogfather. Those three weeks right there are the biggest weeks of the Falcons' season right there, in my opinion. Yeah, and uh, another interesting um, week fourteen against each other again, Panthers and Saints, or Panthers and Falcons, and week thirteen against the Saints. And obviously, you know those should be good ones too. Um, yeah, I I don't know, I don't or it's hard to tell this early, but uh, I I think I would be leading the other way. I think I would lead, I might lean Dogfather for this season, and maybe try to hustle over the years. I think maybe his team building might be a, a little bit better, but. Who knows? Um, it's still super early. Um, it should be very interesting to see um, what happens. I'm excited for both these guys. I think they both have a little bit of confidence and swagger going forward. So, yeah, who knows? Let's see if maybe one of them can throw off uh, BLD for at least one of the two games that they play against him and maybe have a shot at, uh, you know, competing for that division. Uh, if not, you know, especially there's, you know, Definitely opportunity for them to compete in the wild card. But as we talked about, the NFC is very stacked. Um, we'll talk about that in an, a few more lightning round sections. But two of those NFC teams is uh, your boys. Yes, sir. Cheese and Chowda undefeated. Yes, sir. As of this podcast, I am 3-0, you are 3-0, and yeah, it, 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 I mean, I don't know if anyone would have seen, you know, both of us being undefeated coming, but, you know, we, we've each had um, some, some good games. Uh, each of us is, um, I think, had an upset. Did you, who, did you have an upset? Yeah, uh, Vic, I think you can count that as an upset. Or yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, week two, you had uh, you beat Vic thirty-one twenty-one. We talked about the Cardinals game um, against Andy week one. You beat Vic thirty-one twenty-one. I remember that that was a good game. Um, I believe uh, close until the end, until you kind of took took the lead, exact, uh, or kind of took a commanding lead and kind of just iced it. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, I th- I'm not gonna lie. I did get a little lucky against Vic, and I kind of did feel bad at points. Like, uh, there was this tipped ball at the goal line that I somehow caught. That probably should have been an interception. It really would have changed the tone of the game. Um, but, you know, I don't want to talk about us too much here. I'm going to give everybody their time to shine. But uh, I might not be undefeated for long. Once this podcast airs, I'll probably be playing the Kansas City Chiefs in a few hours. And, uh, I'm, you know, it's going to be a great game. And I'm not too confident heading in, but I'm definitely uh, – expecting to at least compete and hope for a close game. Yeah, I think we both had a good start. Um, I don't know how much long we could keep, be, stay undefeated, but 
I wanted to get at least one episode in where we are undefeated and we brag about it a little bit. So eat shit, everybody else. Um, but anyway, yeah, uh, you have the Chiefs in week four. I have um, the Eagles, Steve, at work. We should be playing actually probably right after this as well. So who knows? We might both be three and one. I might be four and oh, you might be four and oh, you know, who knows? Um, and then there's some other good matchups coming up for both of us, but we'll get into those in a little bit. But yeah, congrats on being three and zero, and congrats to me as well. All right, moving on. Um, the uh, if you, so we've talked about some teams having um, rough starts. There's def- definitely been some teams. Uh, let's let's actually just combine these. So the Chargers, uh, Victor is one and three. Rough start for Vic. Um, and also, uh, we talked about Tillman and Beast Mode, both uh, having rough starts as well. Beast Mode is 0-3, and, and Tillman is 1-2. and um, Talk about whoever you want in the, out of those guys, if you want to talk about all of them or, or talk about one of them. What do you think? So, I think uh, – so, like, the question I kind of pose is, who are you, like, worried the most about being to this disappointing start? And I'm kind of going to answer my own question here. <laughs> um, I think I'm kind of worried about Vic a lot because he's one in three, and that's all right. But it's not all right because of the division he is in and because of the games that he has lost. All four games that he has played so far are out-of-division games. He lost to Doughboy week one, lost to me week two, beat Corey week three, and then lost to Motherload nine to seven. Uh, earlier this weekend to go one and three. And I think that's, uh, you know, obviously that's good. That's such a big hole to dig out of in that division. It's going to be very hard for Vic to make it out of that division alive. And his only hope now is to like sweep the divisional games. And that is just an impossible task, I think. And that division, but I hope he figures it out. <clears throat> yeah. Wow. Uh, I didn't realize, yeah, I mean, like you made a really good point. It's not a good formula to be in a really strong division with three above average to elite teams. And now you're talking, uh, you know, you, you, you basically have to, you know, even if you go three and three, you got to win, you know, two thirds of your other games, you know, preferably you, you want to be, you know, maybe what, eight and four in the rest of those games. So, or no, I guess they don't have 10 games. So you want to win maybe six. So six and four in your, your non-division games. So he's already off to a one and three star in those non-division games. So even if he goes, you know, three and three, like we said, in the division, now you're looking at he has to go five and one in the remaining non-division games. So he really puts a lot of pressure on himself early to um, – you know, to win all basically every one of his games now. I mean, one and three start, not a lot of teams make the playoffs from one and three start. Um, I think beast mode is also something to worry about. I mean, obviously, oh, and three, that's a really rough start. He, let's take a look at his uh, schedule. He lost to Motherload early, which uh, was surprising a little bit, but it was a pretty big loss 38 10. And then he lost a really close one to Andy. Um, one point get lost, 27-26. And um, I'm not sure about the plug game, if they if they had a sim or it must have been a sim. Yeah, that was a sim because plug okay. was away. 
So one, you know, zero and two in games that he played. One of them being a one point loss, another being a tough loss. I think he can come back. I don't think he's out of it. But you know, the AFC is it's more winnable. We'll talk about this in just a second. But it's definitely not. He's not out of it at zero and three. Would you agree? Oh no, I definitely agree. But it's definitely not easy to come out of obviously we see all these stats in real life the first like four or five weeks being like oh the percentage of teams that have made the playoffs after starting 0-3 0-4 you know 1-5 etc and obviously every loss you have early on digs you a deeper hole to try and climb out of to make that playoff run but I think also within his division you know Bruce is showing that he's for real like we talked about before 3-1 Han is kind of getting back on his feet now 2-2 two two with a victory this week over Bruce himself um and the Frankie, you know, one and two, he could, probably could have, should have won that tendy game week one. So it's not in, not a cakewalk division. And I think uh, obviously we were hyping up Beast Mode a little bit uh, early on in the early podcasts. Uh, but just for, before I forget, because I see, you know, because of who Beast Mode lost to week one here, Motherload beat uh, Beast Mode three, 38 to 10 week one. And we just mentioned that Motherload upset Vic nine to seven. And I think that's somebody we haven't really talked about in too much detail in these podcasts and i've always said you know when just texting tendy and stuff that motherload is like the definition of inconsistent and like one game he'll show up and look like the greatest team ever and then the next time you know, he shows up and he's like how the hell is this guy like you know in this league like you know like how is he not the number one overall draft pick right now but uh, i think uh i'm hoping i'm hoping he figures it out he's a great guy he doesn't talk much in the chat but he's a great guy you you get to know him in dms when you when you're in his division and uh, it's definitely a winnable division right now in the AFC East where it's a, a lot of guys are neck and neck. And I think that's going to be an interesting division race to watch too, that we'll talk about later in, in the season. Yeah. We talked about how that one is very, very competitive because there's not really a, a lot of standout guys that are like top dogs. Um, but yeah, I agree. Motherload's been a surprise early on and um yeah, I like the guy too, and I, I hope he continues to play well. Um, going back to Beast real quick, uh, the next three games he has are against division opponents, Browns, uh, at home against Browns, away against Steelers, and at home against Bengals. Um, so I think a key there, I mean, honestly, winning those three games would be go a huge way, like three in a row, get you on a roll, and get you a 3-0 in your division to an early, you know, really good start and probably get you back in the mix for, you know, the playoff run. So, I, like I said, I don't think he's out of it. Uh, and then Tillman, definitely not out of it. One and two. He's had some uh, – he's a tough loss to BLD, and um, he lost to Bruce. We talked about that one. Again, Tillman with another running quarterback, first-round pick, Lamar Jackson, um, not off to a great start. So, I'm thinking my theory is maybe – more of an a theory. All right. Um, any other thoughts on any storylines or any of these things? Oh, we have one more. Let's uh, talk about uh, – we, we were talking about how the difference in the, the conferences right now. Um, NFC being, uh, I mean, not superior, but having a lot of really solid teams with really good records. Still six teams left undefeated as of the recording of this podcast. Uh, you know, who knows? After tonight, there might only be four. Um but you, me, Weasel, BLD, Charlie Hustle, and Dogfather, um, all undefeated as of this podcast. Um, 
besides, okay, here's my question for you. Besides BLD, which team? Oh, I have two, two questions again. Uh, besides BLD, number one, which team will uh, be undefeated last? Like who will, who will be the last to lose if they lose at all? And uh, which team will have the best seed or the best record at the end of the year? So I think obviously like BLD is the obvious choice and that's why you disqualified him from this competition. But I think uh, might be a little bit surprising to some. I don't know. I think Weasel might be my candidate to go undefeated the longest because if you look at his schedule, there's not too many games that stand out as tough games for him. I think, uh, you know, if you just go by record uh, on the first undefeated one he'll play in week eight and you know i haven't played weasel great historically i think week nine that monkey matchup again he handled monkey in week one but you know nine weeks down the road is a long time to go in in rml and you know maybe monkey will have game plan this time and really beyond that it's really just you week 13 uh the packers at the giants and besides that there's not too many trap games i'm seeing maybe mother load week 15 but i'm thinking weasel can probably go stay undefeated the longest out of anybody. And as far as the highest seed goes, I think I might have to go with Weasel again here. I don't want to say either of us too, but <laughs> I, I think I think uh, I, I definitely have like in the middle of the like we were just talking before we went live that you have a tough stretch coming up like four weeks in a row against the top dogs, and I have that stretch in my schedule like a little bit later in the season, like weeks eight through twelve, I believe. Yeah, I think that's probably the safe bet. He's he's a proven play, good player. Uh, he's off to a good start. Um, I I think it's pretty safe to say that he most likely will have because I feel like you and me are probably going to split our game. You know, our games at least. Um, so we, ha- you know, one of us is going to fall in weeks week six, um, and then. The other, I doubt. I mean, I don't really have a ton of. Con- I mean, I, I'm confident, but I don't, you know, have confidence. I'm going to be like ten and zero or something. So, yeah, I, I think Weasel's a safe pick. But um, yeah, we can, definitely can't discount um, Dog or Charlie Hustle either. They they have uh, proven themselves so far, and I feel like um, one of them could definitely make a a really good run, or both of them, um, until they play each other or, or play BLD. So. Uh, but I feel like that division is kind of going to beat each other up a bit too. And obviously they can't go super high seating wise because they can only, you know, there's three of those guys, um, you know, between them, him, them two and BLD, you know, so they can only get five and six between those two, unless BLD somehow loses the division. All right. Um, and then the only remaining undefeated team in the AFC is plug and the chiefs. And like you said, you, fa- you face him, tonight or this weekend uh in your week four matchup so uh everyone look forward to that uh are you guys playing tonight or are you playing uh sunday or what day it will be on a sunday night so oh okay uh, so tonight to the listeners if they're listening when we release it perfect now on sunday (laughs) so everybody tune in uh to that matchup tonight a couple undefeated teams uh, the Lions versus the Chiefs a- and AFC versus NFC. So, um, yeah, it should be a good one. Um, yeah, so that's uh, going to do it for our storylines. And um, we're coming, wrapping up the podcast here um, to the end here. So let's take a look at what we have for next week's episode. So 
we're going to give you some uh, some matchups and some uh, games to watch. So basically, we're going to give a few games each week uh, that, that's coming up next week just to kind of keep an eye out for some interesting games um, between really good teams or uh, rivals and things like that. So we're going to try to do this segment each week as well to kind of end the podcast. All right. Week five, uh, which is, you know, should be starting either Sunday night or uh, Monday night or sometime Monday. Um, so week five, a couple matchups. We have Doe and the Colts versus Plug and the Chiefs. Um, like we said, Chiefs is 3-0. and uh, Doe is 2-1 and with that loss to Charlie Hustle. See if Doe can right the ship. See if Chiefs can remain undefeated after his week four matchup with Brad. Um, and then we have the Green Bay Packers versus the Dallas Cowboys. A rivalry in real life and a rivalry in RML. Ooh, so, is, that shot, is that shots fired? <laughs> no, not real life. Not real life. Like, I meant the, the real Packers and the uh, real Cowboys. Uh, I, got, I got you. I, th- I thought you were talking. Hey, maybe, maybe you and Monkey uh, start some shit. And, uh... <laughs> I mean, we have – we have our, had our fair share of, of uh, arguments and battles and heated uh, things. But I feel like overall, especially now that we're not in the same division, there's more of a respect between us, uh, at least on my end. It, I feel it's mostly respect. I feel the same way with, on his end. But uh, I'm definitely going to – I want to win that game. Like I, uh, out of every game coming up, that's really one that I really want to win because – I like beating monkey. So, um, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I'm three and oh monkeys two and two. So should be good. Should be a pretty entertaining game. And that'll be week five. And then, uh, the Broncos versus the chargers, couple of teams, um, that haven't really gotten off to great starts. Seth one and two, I beat him week three. Um, so he's one and two. And then, uh, he also, uh, I think he lost to who else? They lose to Danny. Do you know? I don't have it on top of my head. I oh, can take a quick look here. Yeah, um, he lost to Danny week one, yeah. 25-27. So close game there. He lost a close one to me too. It was fifteen to nine defensive battle. Um, so Seth uh, is one and two, um, but he's looking to right the ship against Vic and the Chargers, who we already talked about. One and three, definitely some must-win game. This one, I think, yeah, it's definitely a make-or-break game for uh, for these two guys. Uh, any thoughts on any of these Week 5 uh, games to watch? So I think uh, out of those three, I'm going to choose, like, the one that I really want to tune in to if it, you know, works if I'm not busy that day or whatever. I think the one I'm looking forward to is the Broncos and the Chargers because both of those guys are going to be playing for their life in that division. But we just talked, you know, a good amount about Vic and what he needs to do. But this is pretty much as much of a must-win game as you can get this early in the season. Yeah, I, I think – I mean, I think just think about the repercussions if whoever loses this game. If Vic loses this game, it's, he's 1-4 and, and and off to an 0-1 start in the division. Basically, I, I there's no chance, no chance. So, if anything, it's more of a must-win game for – for Vic, uh, we don't know what Bronco, uh, what Seth is going to do week four yet. So if he wins week four, um, he's playing Centra this week. 
Um, so if he wins week four, he'll be two and two. So it's not as big of a must win game. Uh, but I still feel like whoever loses is going to be um, kind of at the bottom of the division and um, is going to be struggling to climb their way back up. All right. Moving on to week six. Um, we'll, we'll go back to the, uh, okay. The 49ers versus the Rams. Um, Shane is two and one. Maddening's two and two. Big divisional matchup there. Uh, could end up being another somewhat must-win game uh, if if neither of them wins their, this, their coming games. Um, but either way, it's going to be a, a good battle. A couple good offensive teams, uh, wouldn't you say, with Ezekiel Elliott and uh, and the Rams, or versus yeah, the Rams. You definitely got you got you know Zeke running game from the 49ers, and he'll be back. I'm pretty, he'll be back from suspension that week. And another guy that I guess is the game of the suspended players so far this season as uh, Connor Barry made his debut back to the suspension tonight or last night if the podcast releases on Sunday. And uh, so Connor Barry, uh, you know, maddening with the air raid. So it was kind of like a running game versus a passing game game right here and uh, something that might be interesting to watch here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, hopefully no one else gets suspended in that game. Um, and then we have uh, Dallas Cowboys versus the New York Jets, a couple of uh, iconic football teams, uh, and Monkey with another rivalry matchup back-to-back weeks um, against Bundy, some couple old-time RMLers. Um, should be very interesting to watch. Um, maybe they'll re- reignite some, uh, some bad blood between them. Who knows? Um, and then the, the – uh, the cream of the crop, uh, cheese versus chowder. The one you guys all want to see. I hope everyone tunes in because, oh, man, do we have to talk smack right now? Because we're probably going to play that game before yeah. next week. Huh? We're not We're not going to have a, another podcast between that. Oh, man, we're already over an hour. But we're going to talk smack. Okay. Uh, Brad, go ahead and talk some smack to me, and I'll talk smack back. I think, uh, I think that you'll be having nightmares of Melvin Gordon when you're sleeping. That's what I think. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh man, I gotta, I gotta think of a player that is gonna give you nightmares. I don't really have any. <laughs> you have nightmares of Cam Newton in his in his uh, fedora. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's a scary sight. You gotta admit, Cam Newton in a fedora with with swim trunks. And uh, now you just turning now you just turning me on. Jeez, I'm sorry. Um, he's gonna be running all over you. Uh, yeah, I mean, except I don't run that much, but yeah. He's gonna he's gonna be throwing dimes. He's gonna be dropping bombs. And on defense, you're just out of luck, man. D Ford, Frank Clark, uh, Jalen Smith. I mean, the trio. You can't beat them. You're gonna be you're gonna be running for your life. You're gonna be scared. You're you're gonna be getting on the ground. Your quarterback's gonna be on the ground all day. Might as well sleep on the ground. Go <laughs> buy a sleeping bag for your quarterback and just put it on the ground on the field. <laughs> all right and uh that's enough shit talk for now okay so, i think i won I, 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 well, yeah. we'll let the we'll let the fans decide you guys oh. let us know in the chat who won yeah tag us <laughs> who won the shit talking contest but, all right but hold on one comment on that i have a suggestion i think for any time we play each other if you're home we sh- should call it the cheese bowl and if i'm home, if i'm home it's the chowder bowl oh that's good Okay, there's got to be something better than a cheese bowl because chowder bowl works too. <laughs> chowder bowl works too good. It's got like 
Oh, I don't know. We got to come up with something else because there's probably something, a good pun with cheese. The cheese plate. The cheese plate. The cheese, cheese tray. Plate. I don't know. Something like that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm home, so I guess we'll, we'll we'll come up with it and we'll we'll post it in the chat if we if we think of it. But right now, I guess it's cheese bowl and chowder bowl. Uh, or just the cheese and chowder bowl. We should get a trophy too. All right. Anyway, week seven, um, that should be roughly the last week of uh, that we should see before we get to the next week's episode. Uh, we have Chiefs and Broncos facing off. Um, Plug versus Seth, another good AFC West matchup. I feel like those matchups are always going to be game of the week or uh, games to watch. And um, we have me versus Danny, a couple panel members. Um, I'm not looking forward to that one. I, I've already played Danny in, in a uh, other game and I got my butt whooped. So hopefully I can learn from that. Um, hopefully I'll be still undefeated, but uh, we'll, I guess we'll find out. And uh, the final game to watch on week seven is a battle of two brothers, not the Favos, but the other brothers the what we're calling the Tillman brothers, even though we don't know their last names. Um, so we got the Ravens versus Seahawks. They're both one and two right now. Um, all right. Any thoughts on the week seven games to watch? I, I know we're a little bit over time here than what we expected. This always happens. Um, trust me, you guys are working on it, but you know, we're giving you guys good content. But anyways, the one that stands out to me is the bro bowl. And the reason be, I was going to mention this before, but you mentioned that Beast Mode has three divisional games coming up in a row. And those are pretty much must-win for him. But the biggest thing is it finishes off right, that one against this game with Tillman and his brother. And uh, I think this is a huge game for him to show that maybe, you know, if he could beat his brother, he could be legit and re- get back right into that division race. And I think it's going to be a big game for Tillman to, you know, stay afloat and not, you know, fall off too much. Because uh, one and two, obviously, against tough matchups but i think that's going to be a good game to watch <laughs> yeah definitely um and that's one of those similar to you and your brother if we're not going to see it that often they're not in the same uh conference so it's once every four seasons or super bowl and i mean that i feel like that that could happen i it's definitely more likely to happen than a, a favo bowl a favo bowl super bowl uh no offense but i'm more no offense to tendy um <laughs> but uh anyway yeah uh, it should be interesting. Uh, I made a mistake. Uh, Ravens is 0-3. I, you mentioned that earlier. He's not 1-2. So it could be a big uh, matchup for him. Like we said, if he wins the next three and then he goes in 3-3 three and three to that matchup, could end up kind of propelling him into the rest of the season. All right. Um, yeah, like we said, we went a little bit over. Um, but honestly, uh, I think this is the best episode that we've done so far. What do you think? I think uh, we're definitely – finding our groove. And I, I remember uh, Seth saying back when we first released our first episode, it would be funny listening back to the first episode after we get, you know, chemistry and get used to each other. You know, when we mix the cheese and chowder into the bowl. And, uh, you know, I think we're showing. And I know uh, some of you guys kind of like complained a little bit in chat uh, when on Saturday night about that, you know, we just like do a little bit more free discussion and don't be like so rigid and stuff like that. And I definitely take that criticism into uh, consideration. And I think that my favorite part of tonight was when we did like the storylines and everything, we kind of had a little bit more room to kind of 
go off of on tangents and kind of just like, you know, battle back and forth and discuss the things I think. So let me know what you guys want, what you guys think. And uh, I'm having fun. I don't know about you, but. I'm having the most fun I've ever had doing anything Madden related ever in my life. This is honestly uh, like this makes this makes Madden so much more fun to me. I can't. I, I look forward to this every single week, and I feel like I will for a long time. Uh, it's never going to be a chore to me. I feel like at least for a long time. Um, so, yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, okay. One thing I want to come on that too. Uh, we also are working on the audio stuff still, guys. So um, just bear with us. I mean, it might sound like we're kind of robotic, being like, oh, back and forth. Um, I would totally talk over Brad like all the time if I could, <laughs> no offense. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying it like that where I would interrupt you, but like, if we were having a normal conversation, I would try to talk over you, not try to, you know what I'm saying? But anyway, if we're having a normal conversation, I would do that, but we have to wait for each other to kind of finish talking because the audio, uh, can struggle if we don't. And you probably heard that in episode one and two, because we didn't know that at that time and we we're a lot better at it. And hopefully it sounds a lot better and uh, it should sound continue to sound better uh, each and every week so um yeah all right um i think Once, that's all we have to cover uh, i got i got breaking news here last minute i hear in a podcast we just got some results in from rml week four indianapolis Colts defeat the oakland raiders 44 to 21 wow wow okay well there you have it uh it's not gonna be breaking news for you guys because you all have already seen it so I don't know why we did that, but, um, but there you go. It, it seems I mean, we don't do it live like, like uh, you know, some of the other ones used to. But, um, yeah, well, well, yeah, I mean, now you know that we're actually, you know, paying attention and stuff. So, all right. Well, um, this has been really long, but uh, we appreciate everyone sticking with us. Um, we've been getting a lot of support. Um, I feel like the last few weeks have has been really good for the league and for the podcast. It's been really fun. Um, and yeah, hope the hope, let us know if you guys think, what do you think of this episode? Uh, how it was structured? Uh, any other ideas for us? Uh, anything you didn't like, please let us know. We're always open to criticism and thoughts and ideas. Uh, we, we are definitely considering doing uh, interviews. So if you are interested in uh, us interviewing you uh, for an episode, um, definitely reach out to either me or Brad uh, and we'll get you on a list. Um, we'll probably start doing that pretty soon, either the next episode or the one after that. Um, all right, Brad, do you have any other uh, last minute thoughts? No, I think we, uh, we're we going over time and people aren't going to be happy about an hour and 15 minute podcast. So one take though. One take. <laughs> yeah, one take. We're doing this I live. Can't yeah. believe it. I can't <laughs> Not believe live, it. But... <laughs> I cannot believe this is one take. This is you guys, just so you know that like, we have so much trouble with this app <laughs> and like it, it's, it's good because it's free and easy to use. So I'm, I'm going to keep doing it, but my God, it it's editing. This sucks. So to do this all in one take, I have no work to do. I literally am just going to throw this in and, and put it out tomorrow. So you guys are going to listen and you're, you're going to hear everything. We didn't, we didn't stop. We didn't cut. We didn't edit. So uh, you're, you're in it fresh from our, our beautiful mouths. All right. Well, this was a lot of fun. I love doing this. And uh, all right. Well, we'll see you, Brad. We'll see you next week. And uh, you're going down, buddy. Yeah, we'll see you about that one. All right. Well, 
thank you guys so much again. And um, yeah, we love you. See ya. As always, guys, thank you for listening. You can now catch us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Breaker, and Pocket Casts. And remember to smash that subscribe button and tune in next time.